0: On 91.3 FM stereo, alaikum and welcome to the airwaves of the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo. Yo Shafiq Siddiq talking point this evening, Tuesday the 5th of May 2015. And I have Faldi Funder Lilly doing technicals for us this evening. The voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo, you tuned this evening talking point and you know how the program goes. Labor Matters is our first feature and I have a special guest in studio, none other than Gary Messina. And uh, Gary is a labor consultant, but more about Gary shortly, inshallah. You can also call us with any labor matters on 21 Or you can send me your SMS on 47913, 47913. And then of course, Gary will try and answer the questions relating to labor matters. But without any further ado... I say to Gary Messina, good evening. Welcome to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape. Hi, everybody, how are you doing? Gary Messina, um, labor consultant. Gary, please give us a bit of background on who Gary is. <laughs> okay, so Gary is a 29,
1: soon to be 30 year old male, passionate about labor, labor law, uh, employment law, um, everything that goes with it. I studied. Um, become HR at UWC, graduated in 2009, um, worked for an IT company managing the customer services, doing some HR, worked with, for them for about 10 years, and the realized, listen, you know, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And, you know, labor has always been something that I'm passionate about. So, came across Cape Town labor consultants, and all well, the rest is history.
0: Before we go to history, Gary, um when you say that, you know, labor law being pa- a passion, mm-hmm. something drives someone to a certain passion. Yes. And, and what was the drive? Well,
1: you know, like our slogan says, um, you know, Captain Labor Consultants make our problem yours. I've always been the type of person that, you know, I've wanted to sort out issues for people, whether it be of a personal nature. That's my job now. You know, I, I sort out issues for companies, for, for employees, for employers. Um, yeah, I've always just been the type of person that, you know, what I like about it as well, especially working for Cape Town Labour Consultants, that I'm not tied down to a specific industry. We we are consultancy-based firms, so we work from manufacturing to retail, finance, so I'm exposed to a lot of things. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm passionate about labour law. <laughs>
0: Gary says it says it with a smile, uh, <laughs> everyone listening out there, he says it with a smile that he enjoys solving your issues. So if you have an issue regarding labor law, labor matters, call us on O two One Double Four Two Three Five Three O or send us your SMS on four seven nine one three. Gary, uh being part of the Cape Town Labor Consultant right here in Cape Town, um it says numbers. Sorry? It says numbers in the in the sense that um, it's a big company. You 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 take care of basically Cape Town. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a big company.
1: We we a fairly small consultancy firm, but you know that gives us the competitive advantage in in the in the sense of, you know, we deal with our clients on a more personal level. Um, the company was founded by my manager Nikki um, in 2011. Um, exactly the same as me. Passionate about labour law. Um, Basically doesn't see the grey areas You know, there's a rule Has a person followed the rule Or have you contravened the rule Fantastic, I believe we have a call online
0: Voice of the Cape as alaikum Wa Good
2: evening to Gary
1: Hi there, how are you doing today?
2: No complaints to you Good man Man, Mrs. make my radio is off too
1: quickly
2: <laughs> Okay um, I've got a I know it seems like a dumb question But I don't think I'm the only one That's suffering with the same situation I'd like to remain anonymous though.
1: Not a problem
2: Air conditioners, quite a laughable matter, yes. <laughs> but not when you've got learning infections going around in office. We sit in an open plan office.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's come to the point where I'm going to throttle someone or someone's going to throttle
1: me. <laughs> okay. So in HR, we talk about uh, something called ergonomics. So that has to do with the working environment and all those things. So, you know, if it's a situation in your office where the the aircon is actually affecting you and other staff members you know you need to raise that to the business and you need to say to them listen either the aircon be turned at a lower temperature or you guys you know take out the aircon um but, you know, if it's something that is affecting your performance and from what I understand what you mentioned, everybody has lung infections, that only negatively impacts the company at the end of the day. So it's a discussion that needs to be had with... Look, we've
2: had this discussion going on three years now. Okay. We're sitting in an open plan, there is no ventilation because there's no windows. Yes. Um, we're working under construction site. Okay. So it's not like we can open up a window for some fresh air. Yes. Um, we've had the discussion within the office as well
1: okay. now as
2: far as the manufacturer states there needs to be it needs to be on constant room temp okay. and yet i know that it's, it's a cultural issue um i've been to many trainings i'm working for government so we've been to many trainings where a certain age group or a certain culture would feel a certain way that it needs to be set hotter and the other one needs to be cooler but i mean at some point the status quo needs to be maintained to the extent that our staff um absenteeism has been affected. Hmm. Um obviously with, with OHS, um our representative is well aware of it. I have raised the issue with him as well. But it just seems like, you know, it's it's you're fighting a losing battle.
0: Um anonymous, uh, this is Shafik the presenter. Is that is um do you mind if, if Gary um, answers the question while you um hang up the phone? If, is no is there any other questions for you? No, perhaps? that's it, that's it. Shukran so much. Shukran so much for interacting. Um, Gary, yes, um, interesting?
1: Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it, it's, you know, to too anonymous, it's not a, a stupid point that, that was raised. Um, at the end of the day, a company is obliged to ensure that the employees are, are comfortable at work. I mean, from the chair that you sit on to the environment that you work in. So if the environment is, is causing such a negative impact on the staff, it's something that definitely needs to be looked at. I always say to all my clients, the golden rule in HR, if it's not documented, it didn't happen. Mm. So the fact that the concerns were raised previously, um, the company can turn around and say, listen, nothing was raised to us because nothing's been documented. So, you know, again, uh, in terms of raising a grievance, the company's obliged to, once the grievance is lodged, for whatever reason, within a certain time frame, they need to provide the necessary feedback to the employee. So if nothing's been done about it now and it's still affecting the office, and you know, I, I, wouldn't, I don't understand why a company wouldn't look into it if it's affecting their, their, their staff from a health point of view, um, but is the, something can definitely be done about it, but the proper processes need to be followed.
0: And in terms of paperwork, um, you said documentation and these mm-hmm. things need to be recorded. Um, it's advisable then for each uh, party to, to keep documentation. Yeah,
1: documentation, email communication. You know, like I say, if, if it's not documented, the discussion never happened. So, you know, make sure that even it's a case of I have a discussion with you, and it's one thing that I learned very early on in my working career, is that the minute you get back to your desk... Hi, so and so.
0: As discussed,
1: Mm. these are the issues and points that were raised.
0: We're speaking to Gary Messina, Cape Town Labour Consultant uh, in studio. Call us on 02144-23530. Gary, um, uh, we've got a couple of questions (laughs) on paper, but we've also got quite a few questions that that has come on um, through SMS. So if you allow us to just go through them. Um, The first one says, I am unhappy about a problem at work. What can I do? Okay, so like I said
1: to the previous uh, call as well, every company should have a grievance policy. So, you know, when you actually, most times the grievance policy is opened with the HR manager. If there's no HR manager in the business, then you're line manager. The company has, they have to take note of your concerns and they have to give you feedback um, on points raised, if it's a grievance raised against someone else with regards to sexual harassment, you know the needs the company needs to then have a grievance hearing and give you the proper feedback.
0: And that comes from o six eight o six eight four. Um, Gary, another one that is coming here um, with regards to the caller. Mm-hmm. If uh, the caller works for an ISO listed company under clause six point three. The work environment must meet workers' requirements.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's correct. So, like I was saying, in any working environment, there's certain things that the company needs to ensure. So, like I said, from the chair you sit on to your desk to the ventilation in the office, all those things need to be regulated. And especially if it's a big company, um, you know, they would have those policies in place in terms of how to raise a grievance or at what temperature the aircon should be set. Um, All those type of things, it's all been predetermined Mm. and and worked according to a scale. So uh, office this size need to have a temperature of this size to ensure productivity and all those things. And there's a kind of, I think what you call general standards or ratios that, you know in terms of ergonomics, that's been implemented.
0: That one came in from 5402. (coughs) We say shukran and thank you to um, your comment and it was highly appreciated. Next one came in that says, I was injured at work and was off work for two weeks. In that two weeks, I lost a few of my allowances and public holiday time as I was, and let me go further, as I was supposed to work. I was paid my basic salary. Can I claim for workman's compensation and where do I lodge a claim if so? Okay, so you basically...
1: It also all depends if the company subscribes to workers' compensation. So, Coida, which is the um, the yeah the operational occupational health and safety's board, um, you know, as a company, you basically you need to subscribe to to Coida and pay whatever levy you need to. Um, if anything happens from if the injury that that occurred actually occurred at work, um, it's a workers a workers' compensation injury. So. The company actually needs to fill out the necessary documentation um, for for that claim. In terms of being off, she's in the the person's entitled to sick leave, bearing that they've and everybody's entitled to a certain amount of sick leave per per three year cycle. So, technically speaking, she should then get paid her allowances unless those allowances are given to her for working purposes. So, for example, if I work. I can I put this now, um, okay, my job requires me to travel, but for the the period that i'm off i'm not working i'm not traveling, so those type of allowances are negotiable, however, because it's something that's always been afforded to the employee to the employee, the company can't just take it away without consultation or without actually finding out, listen when are you coming back um you know you get this weekly allowance and uh, this weekly allowance enables you to do X, Y, and Z. You're not doing X, Y, and Z so the allowance is going to be taken away and reinstated when you're back.
0: Gary, thanks for that. That one came (coughs) in from 8553. Um, Hopefully that uh, answered your question Um, and shukran for um, interacting with us. Gary, I've got one year um, that's come in or a few that is coming from one particular person. O six eight four. I'm going to read the the few um, queries and then we're going to f- go for an ad break. So I'll give you some okay. time to think about it. Um, the first one says, "I have a disciplinary hearing next week. Who can I get to represent me? Can I have an external representative, or do I have to represent myself?" Okay, that's the one query. Uh, also from O six eight four. If I have an employee. Who is not performing? What action am I allowed to take? Mm -hmm. And the last one comes in from the same number. I feel I was retrenched unfairly. What makes a retrenchment unfair? That is uh, three questions, three queries that came in from 0684. We're going to go for an ad break. We're speaking to Gary Messina, Cape Town, Labor Consultant. Uh, Stay tuned to The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. (laughs) FM Studio. Welcome back to the Voice of the Cape ninety one point three. FM Studio. Yosha Shafiq Valdifunder Lilly, and my special guest in studio, Gary Messina, Cape Town Labour Consultant. We've had quite a few questions that has come in via SMS. That's four seven nine one three. That is our SMS line. You can also call us on O two One Double Four Two Three Five Three O. Gary, I know we've got a question um, hanging, but I believe we have a caller, voice of the Cape. Asalaamu alaykum. How are you?
3: Alhamdulillah. So Al-
0: Alhamdulillah. Where am I speaking to?
3: Speaking to Fahri.
0: Fahri, you got a question for Gary.
3: Yes, I got a question. I just happened to just missed it, uh, the one before that. you explained something, um, but the question is that if I sustain an injury at work, yes, right, and I'm being put off by um, the doctor or the hospital that, that that the company deals with and that type of thing. Um, Where does that come from, does it come from my sick leave or is it from a different type of leave that
1: that I will be on? No, no, it comes from your sick leave. So, yeah, so like I say, depending on which industry you're working, so retail, they work Mondays to Saturdays. Employees Mm -hmm. are entitled to 36 days over a three-year cycle. Um, If you work eight to five Monday to Friday, you get 30 days over a three-year cycle. So if you are booked off for whether it's a workplace injury or just your common flu it all comes from your sick leave.
3: Okay, so irrespective of the injury coming from, for argument's sake, it's something um, in your company that you're working that maybe caused you to slip, for that matter, and mm-hmm. you've um, sustained an injury there, so that when they, when you are being booked off um, by the company's uh, doctor or hospital, for that matter, that still comes from your normal sick leave. Yes, it does. Okay. So there's no other um type of leave
1: that you did it can come from like, you know, uh Well, you know, I never like to say that it can come from your annual leave, because annual leave is something that needs to be applied for and then approved. Annual sure. leave as well as granted at management discretion. But what a lot of companies do and like I say I try to steer away from it is that they actually say, Listen, you have X amount of sick leave days available. You have X amount of annual leave days available. Um, you know you can take apply for 10 days annual leave, uh, and use the rest as sick leave. But again, that is, you know there's no law saying that that it has to be done. It's it's by company policy or in negotiation with the company. So the only other leave that can be that can be taken from would be your annual leave. Um, you know you get things like family responsibility leave, which is three days per year. Um, Family responsibility, compassionate leave, the same thing. Then you get sick leave, annual leave, and then mm-hmm. you know that's your your basic requirements. And then of course, certain companies I know, according to law, it's fifteen days annual leave, which 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 is either accumulated one point two five days per month, or they give you all fifteen days upfront, and you kind of need to manage your own leave. Some companies, of course, give more annual leave. Um, but they can't give anything less than the basic requirements as stated in the basic conditions of employment.
3: Sure.
0: Okay. okay. Fahri, uh, was that we'll... the question? That's the only question?
3: Um, that's the only question is just that, uh, you know, uh, like I said, um, I thought maybe there's a different type of leave that um, the company would do that doesn't affect you on your sick leave, man. When you go off on an injury that occurred at work. Due to do something that is not of your fault, it's not your negligence. You understand? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just needed to get clarity
1: on that one. Yeah, and, and like I say, when I mean, when it's that type of situation, those are the conversations that need to be had with management to say, listen, I don't have enough sick leave available, or I have enough sick leave, but I'm only a year into my cycle, so you know, for the next two years, if I if I exhaust all thirty days, and for the next two years, I don't have sick leave. It's then unpaid leave so can we come to a an, an negotiation and say listen can I use some of my annual leave but sure. again like I say it's it's company dependent there's no law saying that the company must do x y and z when it comes to annual leave because mm-hmm. annual leave like I said is something that that needs to actually be applied for and approved
3: sure okay Sh-
0: shukran. thanks eh shukran for the, call, for the
3: answer for
0: the call <laughs> shukran, shukran to right. you and all the best assalamualaikum assalamualaikum
3: alaikum.
0: um Yes, Gary, we've got one question or, or one um, SMS that have come in, three three queries on that. we am just going to go through that quickly. The first one says, I have a disciplinary hearing next week. Who can I get to represent me? Can I have an external representative or do I have to represent myself? The other two queries were for the same number, uh, if I have an employer who is not performing, what action am I allowed to take? And lastly, I feel I was retrenched unfairly. What makes um, retrenchment unfair?
1: Okay, so let's start with the disciplinary hearing. Unfortunately, external representation is not allowed within a disciplinary hearing. A disciplinary hearing is, is internal within the company. So you have your employer, um, and employee. You are entitled to representation, but only by a fellow employee. So if you feel you can't speak for yourself... I um, when you ask one of your colleagues to represent you, that person that w- would then sit with you in the disciplinary hearing. Um yeah. So no external <laughs> representation is not allowed. It needs to be internally um from a fellow employee. So and then you also get it gets a little bit more complicated when unions get involved, but unions on a whole is not allowed in a disciplinary hearing unless the chairperson says, Ah, it's fine, you can sit in the hearing. Um you know when it comes to employees that belong to to a union the only the only thing that that comes into play is when the person being put into a hearing is the shop steward um then the union actually needs to be notified beforehand, other than that, generally unions aren't aren't allowed to represent employees unless the chairperson is fine with it
0: um And then adding to that one, uh, if I have an employee who is not performing, what action am I allowed to take?
1: Okay. So the code of good practice um, in the Labour Relations Act basically says that if you have an employee that's not performing, you can't just dismiss the employee for non-delivery or poor work performance unless you can prove that the first step when it comes to performance management is actually sitting down with the employee, having that difficult conversation and saying, listen is a problem um, you're not doing x you're not doing y this is what is affecting and then together with an employee kind of put a performance management program together to circle listen over the next two weeks your performance will be reviewed Um this is what you need to achieve for week one Have then a review at the end of week two basically do the same um and only once the company can show that, listen, we've given training, guidance, and support similar to what we would do in a probationary period for, some, for a new employee. Um, kind of the same principle applies for performance management. So the company needs to show that, listen, training, guidance, and support was given, um, yet the person's not, um, the performance hasn't improved. Then we then follow the misconduct route. Then we start actually issuing sanctions for non delivery until it gets to a stage where. You know, law says follow a progressive and corrective approach into managing misconduct. Then, you know, just before the person is dismissed or potentially dismissed, we place the person into a hearing. But guaranteed when you sit in that hearing, you know, I've done quite a few hearings for for non-delivery where performance is concerned. And a lot of companies fail to actually fulfill the steps prior to that. So the training, guidance and support and evaluation is Crucial if you can show me that that was given, but the performance hasn't increased, you followed a progressive and corrective approach, then a dismissal is then the, the last resort.
0: And then finally, from the same uh SMS number 0684, I feel I was retrenched, retrenched unfairly. What <coughs> makes an a retrenchment unfair?
1: Okay, so. Label also stipulates that a company needs to do everything possible to avoid retrenching people for operational reasons. Um, so in order to make a, a retrenchment fair, there's what I call the A to J. Okay. Um it's different steps that the company needs to do. So everything starts with consultation. Okay, so you you know, you invite the affected employees into a consultation. You propose that listen, based on you know the economy, we can't afford to keep six cell staff, so we need to reduce it to four. Um, the company needs to be open and honest with the employee. So in order for for the employee to to consult in the consultation in a meaningful manner, the company needs to give the employee all the required information. If, if people are being retrenched for financial reasons and the company's not making enough money, I always say to my clients, be open and honest. It's better that, in, that a, an employee understands why something is happening, opposed to just kind of getting the, the rug pulled from from under them. Once a consultation is then done, you need to be given an opportunity to either list your concerns, make suggestions before you go to the final step of any changement. Um, and then, you know, there's various documents that need to be completed, um, attendance registers that need to be signed, so the entire process, you know, at start, like I said, it starts with consultation, then you give an opportunity to review, um, give your feedback on the proposed changes. Um, the company then needs to review that and actually give you feedback to say, listen, whatever you're suggesting is not going to work. We've tried X, Y, and Z. You know, we're still getting to the same to the same problem. Um, then from there, you go into your final consultation, and then those employees are affected, then have a separate meeting to say, listen. Based on the methodology the company is using, which, which is either lifo, so last in first out, or they're based on skills. So when two people possess the same title, but I hold more skills than you, um, you know, I'd be the one that that's getting the job. Or we two people hold the same position, but I'm they two years in you, they one year. If we're using the lifo approach, then you know, whoever's there longer would get an opportunity to stay.
0: Gary, and I see that you, you're you not very passionate about the word retrenchment because it, it changes the whole mood of the face. We're going for ads now. Just before we go for ads, Faldi, um to the, the um, person that sent in an SMS 3720, 3720 um, both Gary and myself cannot decipher what you actually mean <laughs> by this question. Um, it's not making any sense, and if we should read it out on air, it's not going to make sense at all. So, uh, 3720 Perhaps just rephrase the question And inshallah Gary will do his best to answer it. Stay tuned for more of Gary Messina Cape Town Labour Cons- Talking Point
2: Getting you talking
0: alaikum, welcome back We are speaking to Gary Messina on Talking Point 91.3 FM stereo That is the voice of the CAP. You can send us your sms's 47913 You can also call us on zero two one double four two three five three zero. 442 3530 And um, Gary is more than capable of answering labour matters, labour issues He is a professional where labour um, consultancy is And uh, yeah, thus far everybody that I has sent in sms have been satisfied gary we've got a few more sms and i will just i'll start with this one if you receive a warning any type of warning does one need to be informed beforehand that you will be receiving the warning if you are not informed what can one do
1: well you don't necessarily have to be informed beforehand um when a warning is given um, it's done for a certain reason, so it's either for negligence insubordination, these various um misappropriation of company funds um you don't need to be informed beforehand you know the, your your employer calls you in and say, listen um <clears throat> you' normally kind of know because there needs to be some sort of investigation period beforehand um so you'll know when you when you when you get called into the office um you're going to get a warning, but you don't have to be consulted with beforehand. Um, warnings are given at the company's discretion. It needs to, of course, be valid. Um, so, the onus is on the company to do proper investigation before a warning is then issued.
0: And and just uh, putting a span in there, the <coughs> warning can actually come after their discretion. It can come a week, a day, uh, a yeah, couple of okay, weeks the, after?
1: Yeah, the, there's no real time frame, mm-hmm. but the general consensus is that, you know, a lot of labour law con- has to do with consistency. So what that basically means is if you have two employees and they both do the same thing, they both need to be treated equally. So you're giving an employee, for example, a a final written warning for gross negligence, another employee you're dismissing for gross negligence, that would then be deemed, in my books, procedurally unfair. You know, you're not following a consistent approach. Um, yeah, so to answer your question, I normally say to my clients that, you know, address the issue as soon as it happens. Um, the longer you leave it, the less weight that warning holds. You know, you can imagine if if I do something, did something two months ago, but today my manager wants to give me a warning for it, so how serious was that offense to start off with? Um, you know, I always say, to my clients, when something happens, deal with it then. and then. For the longest, wait a couple of days. When you're leaving something for two, three weeks, um, you know, the horny kind of loses the weight.
0: Then, from the um, same number, 9320, the second question If one has no more sick days left and it becomes unpaid, can they fire me for this even though all hospital notes are there?
1: No, you can't. You can't be fired for the fact that you don't have any sick leave or abuse of sick leave. Um, you can, however, be be disciplined for unauthorized leave. So, what unauthorized leave is basically when you get annual leave, which needs to be applied for and then granted a management discretion. Then you get people that take two, three days off and what we call they've just gone a mm. They come back to the office, they don't provide documentation in terms of sick notes and all those things. That leave is then deemed as unauthorised and depending on a company's disciplinary code, generally speaking, basic conditions or labour relations act says that if an employee absconds for five days without a valid reason, um, the company is within the right to immediately place that employee into into a disciplinary hearing and potentially dismiss the employee. Um, But if all doctor's notes are supplied, um, you don't have any sick leave, it's unpaid leave, um, you can't be dismissed for that.
0: And you mentioned um, continuous, um, you know, wall of, of one particular person. Is it five consecutive <coughs> days yeah. before they, the, the company actually puts well, in? it's you
1: know? dependent on company policy. Like I say, basic conditions of employment says five days or longer. The company then has the right to immediately dismiss by placing the employee into a hearing, so giving the employee a chance to state his or a case as to why they were off for five days, I know some company policy says if you ail for anything f- more than three days, um, you'll get a written warning. If you ail for one day, you'll get a verbal warning. So, uh, uh, you know, those type of things are all dependent on the company's dis- actual disciplinary code. So the best thing where that is concerned is for you an employee to familiarize him or himself with, the, with their company's disciplinary
0: code. Carrie, okay, the next one that's come in. Uh, can leave days not taken for three years be claimed when leaving a company in monetary value?
1: Okay. Annual leave. So annual leave is one of your entitlements that you get so when you resign or you are dismissed from 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 a company leave or or you leave your annual leave payout is a statutory payment The company has to pay you that leave Um, where the problem is so in this example this person has accumulated three years annual leave so we're looking at roughly 45 days um, which the person would be paid out a lot of a lot of companies have policies in place that annual leave doesn't accumulate after either a certain period or after, if you reach 20 days, um, that's the maximum. You can't accumulate more than 20 days. But again, that's on company policy. There's nothing in the law that's saying that if there's no policy that exists within the company with regards to accumulative leave, then un- yes, you need to get paid out for your, for your three years leave that you've accumulated. Uh, again it's a statutory payment
0: gary the next one i am in retail assistant manager i have been issued with a final written warning for a specific store not making a turnover for the month of march it also states if it happens again it can lead to dismissal i was working at another chain store for the same period is this fair what can i do
1: Okay. Again, it's dependent on the company's disciplinary code. So, you know, in terms of the statement that you raised with regards to um, if you should transgress, the company deserves the right to basically place you into hearing and a dismissal may result. That is kind of a standard clause on, on a final written warning. Because, you know, like it says, it's a final written warning, you're getting one last opportunity to improve. So in terms of your case, um, I always try to, to to advise my clients wherever possible, follow a corrective and progressive approach. Your issue clearly sounds like it's a performance management issue. Um, and in my mind, I wouldn't deem it as fair to immediately issue someone with a final written warning unless... You know, there needs to be some sort of consultation process before counseling session to understand why targets aren't being reached. If you weren't even in the store um, that didn't reach target, I don't feel you can be held accountable for that. Um, whatever assistant manager or manager was there at the time should then be held accountable. But I wouldn't go m- immediately into a final written warning because the entire scenario is, is more a performance-based um Situation. So if your store's not reaching target, the onus is on the company to, to actually sit down with you and understand why targets aren't being reached. If it's because of misconduct and staff are just not coming to work and there's a lack of production, then, you know, as a manager, you need to take the rap for that. Um, but if it's a performance issue, the company's obliged. The same way with a probation or performance management program to give you the guidance, training, support, and evaluation to ensure that you succeed in your role. We don't live in, in ages where it was okay just to dismiss someone for, for any reason. You know, the law is there to protect not only the employee, but the employer as well.
0: Carrie, okay, we've got three more minutes, <laughs> two questions. Um, work for one year and two months promoted due to performance to managerial position yes. need arose for the position uh the post was declared redundant two months later and was retar- retrenched please advise
1: okay yeah so you know like, like i said you know you you mentioned my face kind of changes when it comes to retrenchments. Retrenchments are one of those things that it's not really that nice to do because mm-hmm. if, if someone isn't you know, when when I'm dismissing someone for misconduct, I have absolutely no problem. If the person has done something wrong, and it's cost and there's been repercussions for the company, then you know, I can, I don't mind recommending a dismissal. My boss and I have a have a saying at the office that there's no softer pillar than the pillow you sleep on at night. So when it comes to retrenchments, you know, it's always one of those things. It's something that if businesses can't afford to keep you employed then unfortunately, you know, the business itself needs to consider, listen, am I going to keep you employed and in two years down the line I'm going to close the entire business because I can't afford you, or am I going to make the necessary operational changes in order to ensure that the 60 other staff working for me actually has a job? So where that's concerned, um, I won't – it's maybe not a nice thing that happened, but if the position arose because of a performance – and two months after it, the company then, you know, retrenched you, um, provided that the retrenchment was done on a, a fair and equal basis. Um, unfortunately, it's not It's not wrong. I mean, uh, we've, we deal with retrenchments that happen for people within their probation period. So I would assume that if, if you got a position and two months later it became redundant, Unless the company then says, okay, listen, this position is not working, we're going to retrench you and then offer you the position you had before, those type of avenues need to be explored by the company. Um, If they don't do that and they're employing someone in the same position as you are, that game would be deemed as procedurally and substantively unfair.
0: Gary, I said three minutes, <laughs> two questions, and the questions are just coming in. We thank the people for interacting with us. Unfortunately, um, our time is up and Gary needs to get back home. But this program will continue next week. Inshallah, you can keep, uh, you can tune in once again. If not myself, then Buddha Jamil Wallace will um, take the questions that I have come in um, now and uh, first pose that to Gary, if, mm-hmm. if he doesn't mind. So we're not going to discard these questions. Okay. We'll definitely... Um, keep it in in the archives but gary um from my side um it's definitely something that is needed this program uh, thank i thank you for your time i <laughs> uh, thank you for your time i mean i've got five questions here we we were supposed to um touch on a strike that is happening or supposed to happen we're supposed to be um going into the legal Um, matters regarding DC hearings of companies, who's protected, who's not protected, how do you get protected? Unfortunately, Gary, um, the need out there is that our people has got a lot of issues, they've got questions, and, um, you know, I thank you for your time.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's been a wonderful experience, And, and like I said, you know, I'm passionate about helping people, and, you know, Cape Town Labour Consultants, you know we don't only focus on employers but we focus on employees as well so yeah look for us on on internet you'll find us
0: gary you your contact details please
1: okay so my contact details is my cell phone number is 0720826186 and then of course if you do need to send any queries it's info at today.
0: And yeah, that is between office hours, yes, 0720826186, yes, between, between office hours, oh seven two oh eight two six one eight six. Gary Messina, thanks a million and Thank uh, you very much. enjoy the rest of the evening. You too. Goodbye. Bye.
2: i Studio.